Hello and welcome to Divine Essence Podcast, where awakening women to discover their sacred nature and embark on an inspired life of happiness and purpose. I appreciate you taking the time to join us. I am Korianka, Inca High Priestess and Sacred Healer Guide. We get together the first Tuesday of the month. This is Season 1, The Divine Woman, Episode 3. This is the first of five interviews available on consecutive days. On this episode on the Divine Woman interview series, we'll get an insider's look at how flower alchemist Katie Hess came to embody her extraordinary essence through her business. Katie is the author of Flower Evolution and founder of Lotus Way, one of the world's leading floral apothecaries. With her signature elixirs featured in all the Oprah Magazine, the New York Times, and the LA Times, her flower-powered community is thriving. Katie teaches mindful awareness practices at flower lounge events around the world, hands out flowers to strangers in urban flower flash mobs, and hosts the Flower Lounge podcast with listeners in over 60 countries. Whether it's a retreat in Costa Rica or her travels to find the planet's rarest flowers, the essence of Katie's work is to bring people into a whole new world from the inside out. Learn more about Katie at lotusway.com and on Instagram at lotusway. Hello, Katie. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. It's such a pleasure to have you here. And I feel that having you on this podcast is truly a blessing. And I love to share your wisdom with everyone and for women all over the world to get to know you. Uh, because your life is absolutely out of the ordinary. You are a flower alchemist who travels around the world to find flowers in wild and sacred places to create flower essences and make them available to the public through Lotus Way. I am pretty blown away by how you express your essence through Lotus Way. What I am most curious about is to find out how you grew up to be the woman in her essence you are today. Was there a turning point for you or a life event that changed everything? Hmm. I mean, I, I was pretty much searching my entire life uh, for what would be the way to make a big impact. When I was seven years old and I was living in this really tiny town in Michigan and I was so frustrated because I felt like there was somewhere I was supposed to be. There was some big project I was supposed to be working on. I needed to find my people and I was stuck as an only child in this tiny town. And so I, <laughs> I, I had seen a movie about reincarnation and astral projection. And so I thought, well, if I keep practicing astral projection, maybe I can project myself to where I'm supposed to be. <laughs> Although that didn't work very well, though. So I just pretty much had to wait it out and get through schooling and academic and finish college. And so by the time I was finally free of my academic obligations, then I felt like I had the freedom to search out what am I really here for and what should I be doing to be in service to the world and, and to my vision uh, to discover whatever that vision was. So 
after I graduated from college, I, I traveled a lot. I had been living in Europe for a couple of years. I lived in Mexico for a couple of years. And I would say it was really, in terms of turning points, I would say when I met, the first one would be when I met my flower essence teacher. He was from Madrid, Spain. It was sort of a magical way that I came to meet him and learn from him. And I had been searching for a vehicle for, you know, where to infuse all my energy into and learning in terms of learning about flower essences with him. That was where I thought, okay, this is the vehicle. This is how I can bring gifts to the world is through flower essences. And then I would say the second turning point was when I came back to the United States after living abroad for so many years and met my uh, Tibetan and Asian teachers. That started a whole new sort of dedication to meditation and spirituality that sort of like was the missing puzzle piece that I had been waiting for so long for. Um, and about how you met your teacher back in Madrid, were you looking for a teacher that would show you how to create flower essences? Was this um, something completely out of the blue that took you by surprise or how did that happen? Yeah, totally out of the blue. I mean, I was at the time I actually was living in Mexico and I was doing a lot of volunteer work and I lived in a big, huge stone building working with teenagers from rural areas and in my free time, I studied any and every kind of natural remedy modality I could get my hands on. And there was one day, it was like a holiday in Mexico, so nobody was on the streets. But I was walking around, and uh, this beautiful indigenous Otomi woman, you know, with like her beautiful dresses and her ribbons in her hair and braids tied together, she was handing out flyers. And she handed me a flyer for um, like... Essencias de Flores in Mexico City. And I thought, wow, this is so cool. Like, you know, usually you get handed flyers on the street and it's nothing yes. that you're interested in. <laughs> it's <laughs> <Or> so true. <laughs> just kind of like politely like toss it in the next trash can. And um, yeah, so I, I looked down and I thought, wow, this is actually something I'm really interested in. And so when I turned back to look for her and see if she could give me more information about it, it was like she had vanished. And so I kind of ran back down the cobblestone street and I looked, you know, I could, I like really like searched in circles looking for this woman. And it was like she had disappeared. I couldn't find her. So hmm. I took that as a sign you know, because it seemed so strange. I yeah. You usually when people are handing out flyers, it's when the streets are really busy, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, and and you, so there was no one there. It was just was you on the street. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like she oh came out just to give me this flyer. <laughs> oh. So, so a few weeks later, I ended up in Mexico City, learning from uh, his name is Pedro Lopez Clemente, and he had come from Madrid and. Yeah, so that's how I met him. What a wonderful story that totally illustrates the magic of life, right? It's as if this woman was a, an angel sent by the divine to you to deliver this message, to put in front of you this possibility of learning how to create flower essences, which became your body of work, right? Your expertise now. Yes, yeah. So amazing. It's totally amazing. 
<laughs> we'll take a moment now for a special announcement. If you like this interview, you might also like my other podcast episodes, including the ones of the Divine Woman interview series. And I highly recommend that you download free the Golden Notes and Inspired Action Resource that I have created to go along with this interview series at alturasspiritualjourneys.com forward slash essence. It contains highlights and practical advice mentioned by our special guests. You will have access to the growing library of Divine Essence bonus, Golden Notes, and more. You can find the link to sign up for the free bonus in the episode description on your smart device and on the episode's file information as well. Now I'll continue with this great conversation with our future guest. I found on your website something you wrote about how you felt when you were seven years old. You said, as early as second grade, I felt like my people were somewhere. I am meant to be working on a big project. And here I am, stuck in this teeny tiny body and this nowhere town on Lake Michigan. Mm -hmm. So that means at a very early age, your soul knew that you had a strong calling to a big life of service, but you were so young that you could not yet get started. I think that a lot of awakening women, including myself many years ago when I had a spiritual awakening, have felt somehow like you did. When you awaken to the reality that you have a life purpose and you see the path right in front of you, it can be very frustrating and painful to realize that there is a long way to go to get to that point of embodying who you came to be and contributing in a big way in this world. What did you learn about honoring your inner rhythms and divine timing as you were growing in your ability to serve in a bigger way? Mm, I mean, that's a great question. I think the key is patience. Um, because there's no other choice. <laughs> I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, I think, I think now like, wow, if I, if I had the opportunity, I would have um, enrolled in like a traditional Chinese medicine course while I was in high school. And then by the time I graduated high school, I could be an acupuncturist and I would have all these tools and maybe I would have studied Chinese medicine, you know, but I, at the time you have to like, put it in historical context that we didn't have the internet at that time. And, and pretty much until I went to college, I was living in these really tiny towns that we didn't have access to those types of resources. And so I suppose that really the only, the, the only thing to rely on is patience. And, um, you know, I think a lot of women will get stressed out about life purpose. And in some ways, I think that life purpose is, hmm, it's like a, it's a trick almost, because hmm. some people can feel very stressed and pressured thinking like, what's my life purpose? What's my life purpose? What if I miss it? What if I don't figure out what it is? What if, what if, what if, what if? And it's like this great fear yeah, I mean, it's good to have the urgency to discover your life purpose, but to a degree when it becomes an obsession and like you said, a source of stress, it mm -hmm. can be actually damaging, right? Yeah. And I think that it's so much easier than that. Like you could say all of us have a life purpose of being a decent human being and there isn't anything more profound or transcendent 
than just being a decent human being. Like if you really think about it, if you look around you at society and you say like, okay, for a human being to not lie, to not steal, to be kind, to be generous, to be loving, to evolve, to commit to being a better person every day, well, that is like a beautiful life purpose. Now, now what you do and how you do that could be many different ways. The woman who is making huge pots of soup and selling them on the street or in a restaurant and putting her love and prayers into that soup is, is no different from uh, the woman who is an architect and she's building beautiful buildings and structures through her designs, you know? So it's like how you actually express and do infuse your true nature into your work is, is like, you know, so many different ways we can do that. Uh, and also I would say that if anyone is, you know, thinking about like, what is my life purpose? The best way to figure out, I don't like to think of it as life purpose because I think that's too much pressure. But if you look at your own true nature, like maybe things that you've come into this life that you're very, very good at, but you may not have discovered yet, you know, because if you believe in reincarnation, how many lifetimes have we been around? So we've, oh yeah, we've more time to develop specialties, right? Mm-hmm. So if the way to discover what you may be already good at, but don't know you're already good at, is to just start doing different things. And also, you know, in the doing, in the acting, you'll unravel what you're really good at, as well as looking at your life in what situations that you just act without hesitation. Like you can, you can observe yourself when you just like, boom, you instantly go into action and sort of, you know, list those out in your favorite notebook and you may begin to develop a theme. So for example, in my case, if somebody feels sick or unwell without hesitation, uh, you know, they have like food poisoning, I, I, like instantly I'll be like, oh, here's some charcoal or here's some pochai pills. For me, that comes very naturally. So it isn't necessarily that flower essences are my life or my innate true nature. It's maybe just like finding remedies for people's ailments. Whereas maybe somebody else has like a, you know, many lifetimes of, mm, they're amazing at sewing or making clothing. And maybe they're like doing accounting. <laughs> and they, if, they just, <laughs> if they just got their hands on like a needle and fabric, they might discover that like, wow, I'm so good at this. I should design a clothing line and leave my exactly. account job. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I had a little bit of a, that same experience that you just described when I was a nurse back then, um, about eight or nine years ago, I was a nurse in Canada. And I was just such an unhappy nurse. I was very stressed out. And even though there were areas of the job that I really loved and enjoyed and I was good at, there were also other aspects that just felt so not me. And it was very hard to go through that experience. Um, and so sometimes I find too that people will not realize that something that just comes naturally to them and it just feels so easy, actually that is their area of uh, expertise is their essence expressing itself through that very thing that they might not be actually um, 
very proud of. Maybe they don't really think much of it, right. but actually that is their greatness. <laughs> exactly. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Katie, you have a beautiful thriving business and now you are the new owner of a commercial building. That is so impressive. Um, they're huge accomplishments. What would you tell the women who have big dreams, but tell themselves they're not ready for them and doubt that they have what it takes to transform those dreams into reality? Mm -hmm. uh, well, you can have your doubts. I mean, everyone will have doubts. That's natural. We wouldn't be human if we didn't have that. Those protectors, you know, the doubts are just wanting to protect us. And so you can love the doubts. You can tell the doubts, I hear you. I know you're trying to protect me. And I'm going to do this anyway. And if it doesn't work out, we'll do it your way later. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> um, I sense a little bit of a rebel right there. Like, I am going to do it anyway. So it's going to be my way. And your way, by the way, when I say that, I mean the way of the soul. The true of who you are. Yeah, and I think that you know, we're never ready. We yeah. are never ready. It's like when you talk to a woman, and I haven't had a child yet, but when you talk to a woman who has had a child, you know, they always say there's no perfect time to have a child. And if you wait until you're settled and you have enough money and you have the room and it's all ready, and then it's like, it's never going to be like that. You just, you know, when the child comes or, you know, something's always, there are challenges to be worked out. And I think everything in life is like that. And you can give yourself the freedom to figure it out as you go. I can tell you 100%, 500%, that's how I operate in my business and in my life, that I will figure it out as I go. Because how are you supposed to know how to do it? Like, you know, if every woman has <laughs> to know how to be a mother before she had a baby, it's like, you know, that would be really challenging. And if I you know, the only way to know what it feels like to own a big building is to get in a big building and try it out. We're never ready, ever. We just figure it out as we go. And that's the best way. Yeah. And that's how you have been creating uh, this thriving business and you have dared to dream big and make it happen for you and the people that work with you. Um, so this is a huge lesson, I think, for everyone. Take it from Katie. <laughs> She's walking her talk. And I think what you were saying before about your soul being ready, I, I think that if you have a curiosity about something, that means that there is a part of you that is ready, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. In the traditional world of business, as we know it, there is a blueprint to success that most follow. It's profit-driven. It lacks connection with the heart, with the soul. Now, what I see is that the way you do business is heart and soul-centered. Katie invites people to go out on the streets with her to hand out flowers to strangers in urban flower flash mobs. I've seen pictures and videos of you doing it, and the love that you transmit as you are gifting flowers to people is so pure that it's beautiful to witness. What did it take to create a conscious business that is so out of the box to do things like that in your own terms? Mm. Yeah, so it took years of doing things the way that I thought I should do them or the way that I saw other people doing them. And 
if I could encourage women in business to, to do what I ended up doing faster. So it took me a long time to realize that things that brought me joy would also bring other people joy and that the money would just come. So I may have spent more years traveling and spending money and time and energy on going to big trade shows and being in the spa industry and never fitting in because I didn't wear the right clothes and I didn't wear high heels and like, you know, all of those like <laughs> funny things. Mm -hmm. And then when I yeah. finally gave myself the freedom to, I really like social media, so I'm going to invest more time into that. I really like videos and photos. I'll inv invest more time into that. I like selling online. I'll focus more on that. I love doing events. I'll, you know, do that. I think the biggest turning point was when we launched the book and we realized that just by doing a celebration event for the book, people were coming up to us with tears in their eyes. Oh, you're talking about Flower Evolution, the book. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So what were they saying? Well, at, I mean, we were just having like a party basically because the book came out and doing a little talk, a little meditation. We've had lots of fresh flowers and we and candles and yummy flower, edible flower foods. So it was like a party, but we made it, you know, I let myself do what felt good. And it, and it felt like you were walking into a room that was like an altar. And mm. so the in intention behind it, even though, you know, externally it was a book launch party, but internally in my heart and in the hearts of my team, it was that we were creating this altar so that people could come back to it and find themselves and find what was most meaningful to them. And people would come up to me and like say, oh my God, you have no idea how much I needed this with tears in their eyes. And we, and we were, I was so honestly really shocked in the beginning. Like, mm -hmm. what did we do? We didn't do anything. What did you ah. need? And like, what did we provide? <laughs> like, I don't know. Oh my we God. We were having a party. And oh, so after, gosh. after doing, we did one in New York, Phoenix, LA, and in Singapore. And after that, we realized, okay, instead of spending money on trade shows, we should spend money on having our own events and inviting people, you know, our own people and people who are attracted to what we're up to. That's a better use of our money. Is it wild? Do we know? Yes. Do we know if it'll work? No. Are we an event planning company? No. Mm -hmm. You know, so, but we ended up traveling around and doing events all over the place and uh, in many different cities. And it was such a nice feeling to like allow myself to be led by what, what really felt right versus doing what other people do or doing what you think you should do. And so if there's any women out there who are starting their own businesses, that would be like one of the, besides the figure it out as you go, the second piece of advice would be to do it in your own way and feel like in total freedom to do it the way you do it. Yeah. You have created something that has been dear to your heart out of joy, out of the desire to do something that means something to you. Um, and in the way you have realized that actually people love it, that people benefit from it greatly. Um, and I think that's a huge lesson for a lot of people to understand that um, the freedom to create from your heart, there is a lot of power in that. 
tremendous and people will people will be attracted to that and i think sometimes we doubt right like will anyone come or you know or we'd have these events and it's like well we're not really doing anything we're not you know like lecturing or giving them some piece of new information and then we realized oh what we're doing is opening up a space for people to just be and that is so rare these days that when people actually f- experience that it's profound and memorable and it moves them inside and that is our main vision and value so whether or not we make money it doesn't matter because that's what drives us that is so beautiful um could you share with us of a time when you had to be strong and take a stand for an idea you were contemplating that you knew in your heart was worthwhile, even though society at large, even perhaps family or friends, believe that it was impractical, too much, or just not doable? Hmm. I think the events are the best example of that. Like what what I was talking about traveling around. Mm-hmm. So at the very beginning, did you have a lot of people telling you, I don't think this is going to work or how are you going to do it? It's never been done before. You know, I was fortunate enough not to have people like that. I don't think, um, I don't think I had a lot of that. My, you know, my family and friends, they may have had those thoughts, but they just kept quiet. (laughs) Luckily. (laughs) (laughs) they probably were crossing their fingers (laughs) we hope that it works for katie (laughs) yeah i mean on my team and maybe that's where i would have experienced the most pushback would be there were times where my team members may have disagreed with me or what if this doesn't work or i don't really understand how you're doing it here and in any case, that type of pushback, I feel like is healthy because it will test my ideas. And so maybe they have a point, maybe there's something else I need to look at. You know, so I invite that kind of challenge in the company. And so I think I would say that's where the most pushback has come from is from within. But I invite it because it's, um, you know, it's a good kind of dynamic way of looking at things. And that is the beauty of having a team behind you, allowing yourself to be supported um, in the way you do things. You know, this is, I think, very important too, right? To be able Mm -hmm. to create what you desire in your life. Definitely. I could never do, uh, you know, I couldn't do any of this without my team. Um, Mm -hmm. It's it's a big deal. I mean, I, I can remember when I, you know, hired my first person and it was like, oh my gosh, now I'm responsible for their bills and for them putting food on their table. And I really felt the weight of that in the beginning. And now I don't think of it so much um, in that way um, because I've become used to it. But it is, I mean, it is um, an incredible feeling to have support like that. And also a beautiful thing to have people on my team for you know I have people who have been with me for several years and to see them grow 
in their talents and skills, in their spiritual evolution, is really beautiful and inspiring. I'm sure that there has been a lot of growth for you and every one of your team members um, because of what you create and how you contribute to people's lives. Um, it's very, it's actually nothing short of miraculous of the results that you get um, with flower essences. Um, and I'm sure that you and your team also use flower essences in your daily lives, right? We do. We use them constantly and they're involved in all of our meetings, in our events, in our retreats. Um, they're woven into every part of what we do. And I think that that helps because everyone is on the same page as, you know, in terms of one of our values is to self-improve, self-improvement. And I think of my business as part of my spiritual path. The more I can be effective in business, the more I can impact people positively. That's all sort of tied in with my spiritual practice. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Very powerful. I totally believe that. And that is why um, during our conversation, we have been talking a lot about your business. It's because I see that that is so interwoven to your spiritual path, your divine essence, your business. It's all part of the same thing. Um, you have been working with flower essences for many, many years. How many years would you say that's been? Almost 20. Yeah, you see, and you're a young woman. I mean, um, this is an audio uh, recording, but if you see a picture of Katie, she's such a beautiful young woman. And you wouldn't believe, right, 20 years, 20 years doing this kind of work. During that time, what have you learned from the spirits of the plants that you feel our audience needs to hear from you? I would say that there is a tremendous universe of support and information that's accessible to us. It is a world that's full of magic. It reminds us that our life is magic, that we live in a paradise. But most of all, I would say support. I, mean, I think as human beings, we experience, we all uh, must experience times of pain and suffering and times of feeling alone and lonely And it's in those times that uh, I think people would feel more ease and more support and love if they could turn to the world of plants and understand that there's this whole magical universe that is there and ready and waiting to support us. You know that simply by, let's say you're having a really rough time simply by sitting under a tree and breathing and spending time next to a tree you walk away feeling better and that you can even expand this type of support and communication you can even ask the tree like mm -hmm. is there some kind of insight yeah. you can give me um for this particular problem and i think if all of us were a little more aware that that type of support exists all around us, it just um, lightens the load a little bit. <laughs> oh, yes. So much support for us. Uh, plants are 
alive and they have so much wisdom. Um, and it's a matter of acknowledging that they are there for us and asking for help, right? Because how could they help us if we don't ask for the help? Right, right. And, and that's what you have been able to do so masterfully, not only for yourself, perhaps at the very beginning it started that way, but then it turned into you being a bridge for the spirits of the plants to be able to reach people and for people to have access to them. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a good way to put it. I mean, I think that the this language, this, this like secret language of plants and flowers is accessible to everyone. And everyone can tap into that. It's just remembering that, that that's a possibility. <laughs> and it's real. <laughs> Absolutely. And um, so what would you tell to the person who wants to start this communication with the spirits of the plants? with the energy of flowers. How can they get started? Would you want to give them a little tip? I mean, it's really just as simple as, you know, walking around in your neighborhood or looking at the plants that grow around your house and looking at the way they grow and spending time around them, watching them, meditating with them. You can even ask, you can even ask, you can sit down and ask a plant, like, do you have a piece of advice for me? And just wait and see what kind of answer you get. It might seem like it's a thought inside your own head. So you may doubt yourself, but just write it down in your notebook anyway. And maybe later you'll look back at it and realize it was a deeper insight that didn't come from you, that it did come from a plant. Um, Mostly it's just awareness. You know, we, we go from our cars to the building, to the bus, to the train, uh, thinking, 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 or talking, talking, talking. <laughs> and when we're thinking and talking, we often miss what's around us. So it's really just one of the keys is just being more aware. Slowing down, right? And looking for that connection and that awareness. And I'm very thankful that you mentioned this, the self-doubt or the doubt that comes when we ask the question, we listen for the answer, and then the answer comes to us, but we think, oh no, that must be my imagination. The plant didn't answer, it's me. Mm -hmm. And it's good for people to understand that the communication with um, plants can be so subtle and it does look a lot like a conversation with your own self. Um, so there is a level of trust and faith that one needs to develop to understand that, yes, you can talk to the plants and yes, the plants can talk to you. Um, so that is a little bit of a process, I believe, for a lot of people. Absolutely. You know, anything takes time. If you want to become a professional dancer, it takes many, many days and weeks and years learning how to become a professional dancer. If you want to be making, baking breads, you know, it takes many years to develop the perfect recipe. And so in that same way, even though all of us innately have the capacity to communicate with plants, it does take time to trust ourselves and trust our intuition I know the first seven years that I was working with people doing one-on-one -on -one consultations, I was working with my teacher's flower essences and I would, 
um, use that time to develop trust in my own intuition. So if I had a client coming to see me, I might start testing myself. And before they even came, I would pull out all the bottles that I think, or, you know, that intuitively I felt they would need. And then I would have a talk with them and then look back at the bottles and see if that was correct. And so over time, I became, you know, more familiar with this process and more able to trust my inclinations. And then I would say when I started collecting flower essences, you know, there's no book that will tell you, or there are very few books that will say, you know, this flower is for this. And so most of it is reliant on what does the plant tell you it's for? Sort of like the old school way that herbalists used to figure out what plants were for. And I've done that for about 12 years. And I can say the first flower essences I collected, maybe I had only a paragraph about each flower. <laughs> now it could be, you know, pages and pages and pages of information. And yet we still test them. We still make sure that that information matches up with what people experience. So yeah. things take time. I think in this world, we think, oh, I'll just take a weekend course and then I'll know how. Or, oh, I'll just, you know, I should learn this and I should be perfect at it right away. And we're so hard on ourselves. But <laughs> the old school way, you know, someone might, in Japan, someone might do like, uh, what do you call it? Like sharpening swords and knives for their entire life and still feel like they haven't perfected it, you know? <laughs> yeah, that is true mastery. It's, it's a lifelong journey. Um, and like you said, the more you know, you know, the more you learn, the more you realize there is so much more to learn. Um, mm -hmm. And that's how it is. It's a lifelong journey. So, um, Katie, this podcast is all about helping women reconnect with their true essence and the life of happiness and accomplishment that comes with being true to who you are. What does it mean being in your divine essence and what does it feel like? For me personally, um, I would equate that to being in a being state versus a doing, thinking, talking state. Um, which feels like spacious awareness. It feels receptive, naturally in tune, intuitive, simply because there are no th distracting thoughts. Um, it's like a, a constant state of spacious observation. Um, To me, that's where all of the power and wisdom lies. It's just like, you know, Tibetan meditation masters might say, the wisdom is in the space between the thoughts. And so if we, through practice and specific methods and flower essences and meditative awareness, can, can continue to practice being in the being state, that is what allows the divine essence to naturally arise and it allows for the wisdom and the power to naturally arise without effort. Yeah, that's beautifully the way you put it. Um, the word that came to mind when you were describing being in your divine essence is uh, the great void. 
somehow connecting with that energy of the universe of stillness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's tricky, right, to talk about it because um, then we hear words like the great void or emptiness and we feel like nothing is there and it's empty and it's lonely <laughs> when, <laughs> when the, the when in reality it's like it's more like everything it's like total abundance and total lusciousness and perception of simultaneous perception of many things all at once uh so i think that you know it's it's such a beautiful topic and words are just so hard to use because then we think <laughs> it's maybe a lonely, empty place when in fact it's overflowing and full. <laughs> well, it's this, it's this space of creation, right? It's where everything is born and there are endless right. possibilities of all great, beautiful things. Um, yeah. Yeah, but it's, it's interesting that, yes, you mentioned that for some people, those words might sound like something really empty and dark <laughs> and it's nothing like it um what is the best advice you want to give to the women listening so that they can break through limiting beliefs or patterns and make their way back to their true divine selves hmm. so many things uh limiting beliefs we all have them uh let's see the first thing is to understand just intellectually that you are not your thoughts and you are not your feelings. And most often, especially if they're limiting beliefs, the thoughts and the emotions around them are not even true in the first place. So you can gently lovingly regard them as protectors, but at the same time, you don't have to believe that story. Uh, but we all have them. So, I mean, an effortless way of working with them is flower essences. Flower essences are so gentle and easy. And that's like a, a nice, almost effortless way to start unpacking or dissolving or unraveling some limiting beliefs. But without flower essences, I would just say something that I often use in meditation classes is a phrase I like to use, and that is, the observation is the dissolution, which means that when you look at a limiting belief, when you just simply see it, it already starts to shift and change. Hmm. You know, it's it's like, yeah, if if I have a, if I'm like terrified of getting on an airplane, let's say as an example. If I spend the whole time being terrified of getting on the airplane and believing something terrible is going to happen to me and I'm going to crash, that's very different from being able to have just a little space and say, oh, wow, I am afraid of be getting on this airplane. I am afraid that something bad is going to happen. And if I look at that limiting belief, it already starts to shift and change just by looking at it. There isn't really anything you have to figure out. It's just, you know, it's like when you're watching a child, the moment you put your eyes on the child, a child starts to shift the way they behave because they sense you looking at them. So it's the same with our limiting beliefs. The moment we become aware of them, 
is the moment they begin to have less power over us. <laughs> it is so true and so simple at the same time. Um, that is shedding a light on it. It already makes it lose power. Exactly. Um, I also want to say something about flower essences. Um, like Katie said, they are very, very powerful as much as they are gentle. Um, I love flower essences from Lotus Way. And one thing that I think is important to mention here is that when you are um, using flower essences or any other natural remedies or ways to support yourself in shifting limiting beliefs or patterns, it's very important that you do make a commitment to, to making a change um, so that you allow the flower essences to empower you. Yeah, definitely. I mean, having awareness into what things you're looking to dissolve and change and what you want for yourself uh, can definitely make you more aware of also how the flower essences are affecting you which is a fun process. <laughs> <laughs> I found out that recently with my husband. Um, uh, so I have a bottle of peony. Uh -huh. And for me, the effect is really beautiful, you know, cheerful, but um, I feel very relaxed and all of that. Like I can feel that gentle, sweet shift that happens inside of me thanks to peony. Now, when I gave my husband, Peter, um, three drops of peony, Mm -hmm. He went into this state of absolute like energy. He was like the, uh, I don't know if you remember this <laughs> advertisement of um, uh, the Duracell bunny, the one that, you know, has energy that never ends. Well, naturally he's that way, but Peony enhanced his energy. He was like full of energy and his thought process was quick and he was like itching to do a thousand things at the same time. And initially I thought to myself, wow, what is going on with you? I mean, is this good? Like, is, is it feeling good to you or not? Because personally for me, because that's not my personality, uh, I would feel maybe a little anxious or stressed out with that kind of a reaction. But my husband said to me, no, no, this is great. Like, I love it. I love feeling this way because when I feel this way, I feel more productive. And so being the person he is, this is the way the flower essence act on him. So it's interesting how it can be different for different people. So it gives you just what you need. Absolutely. And they have different ways of teaching, right? I mean, sometimes they can make you feel the complete opposite and you think, wait a minute. So for example, I was taking a flower essence called Skyrocket and it is for helping you put boundaries and helping you be able to say no and helping you cut through anything that's draining your time and energy. And so for a week or so, and I was taking it, I felt like everybody needed everything and it was all an emergency and I had all these calls and texts and emails and everything to return all at once. And I thought, <laughs> why am I feeling this? So, and so sometimes they can put a like a magnifying glass and, and intensify your experience of things. Was it more that week than other weeks? Probably not. Did I feel like it was more? Yes. And so then it forced me to make a change. It forced me to put boundaries and say, you know what? I can't answer this one right now. So I'm going to answer it later when I have time. <laughs> so I, like like you said, people can experience flower essences in very different ways. And sometimes it surprises us because 
it may be the opposite of what we think, but it actually helps us execute the solution. <laughs> Plants are so wise in the way they do things. You know, sometimes <laughs> they can surprise us um, and we can also have fun with them, right? With the process. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, um, here is something that I am asking everyone, you know, to do with me. I want to play a little bit with you. I have a phrase and I want to ask you to fill in the blank. Um, and, and please try to do it like without thinking too much, just answer whatever, you know, is in your heart. Um, so the phrase is, I'd love to see. That's it. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's, it's a fill in the blank, Katie. I'd love to see. Mm, this is fun. I'd love to see a world where everyone felt empowered and supported by plants and flowers and the wisdom of Mother Nature. That is very profound. <laughs> Thank you so much, Katie. Thank you for the gift of you, for your honest answers and sharing your wisdom, sharing your stories. Um, it's being, my pleasure. Yeah, thank you for being so willing to to be here with us and share something that can be of service to people, your life, your stories, your presence. Anytime. I love it. <laughs> it's an honor for me. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you so much, Katie. And thank you, everyone, for being here with us and sharing these special moments with Katie Hess and me. I hope you enjoyed this episode. This is the link that you need to access the free bonus, Golden Notes and Inspired Action of the Divine Woman Interviews, alturasspiritualjourneys.com forward slash essence. When you sign up, you will also receive some other really helpful future resources as well. This has been Korianka. Thanks for listening to this interview series and Divine Essence podcast. Okay, talk to you soon. <laughs>